Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of Now We're Talking. My name is Rob Danish. I'm a professor of communication at the University of Waterloo in Canada, and this is a podcast about communication skills. So today's episode, we're going to talk about what's called the steel man technique in argument and why it's why it works and why it's more persuasive than uh, either the straw man technique or the, the hollow man technique. Um, and I, I want to talk about this because I find myself increasingly in situations where I need to argue a point and uh, there is obvious disagreements where other people are making other kinds of arguments. Um, so if you're like me, and, and I guess I find this particularly because my kids are becoming teenagers now and the, everything is a constant argument, they constantly want to argue. Um, so it's important to find when you're in situations where there's kind of constant argument, it's important to find techniques that will either work to move audiences or move people in different directions or make things worse. Um, and I think, you know, to be powerfully persuasive, it's important that you know which techniques of argument make uh, debate devolve into something like name calling or compliance or some of the other things we've talked about in the last few episodes and which kinds of techniques work to advance the conversation, create mutual understanding and change minds. Um, and oftentimes I think in those contexts of heated argument, you know, the, the worst, it can be a challenge to keep our cool and to not kind of sink or dupe to the level of making bad arguments. Um, so imagine like responding to a Twitter troll or uh, someone on a Facebook post or your crazy uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. You know, they say something so irritating and so annoying that you wanna make a bad argument that, that reduces um, their trolling or their bad behavior. But actually that just kind of creates a further spiral of yelling and unproductive conversation. So we can benefit from knowing what to avoid in these, these sorts of circumstances and what to, what to use in these sorts of circumstances. So let's first talk about um, what are called straw man arguments and hollow man arguments and why they're so uh, bad or, or what the problem with, with them is. A straw man argument is a misrepresentation of a view or an opinion that someone else holds. And you misrepresent it because you want that thing to be easier to refute. So it's just like a person that's made of straw would be easier to fight than a real human, you know, a straw man argument, it's easy to knock down. Um, but it really lacks any semblance of substance or strength or any of the core features of the reasoning of your opponents. So because you're, you're representing your opponent's position in a kind of easy substances substance less way um, it, it it doesn't faithfully demonstrate an understanding of what the other person really thinks or why they're so passionate about their position uh, it, it might not even be invalid like you can you can reduce someone else's opinion or position 
in a kind of straw man way, and it could be valid, it could be true, but it might not, it just might not be relevant. Um, so there are a number of tactics used to construct straw man arguments. Um, one involves just refuting like one of the reasons for someone else saying what they're saying, and then, then claiming that that one reason discredits everything else they've said. Um, Another is like a, when you focus on an irrelevant or unimportant detail. Uh, it's a kind of whataboutism. You know, what about this other thing that this person said? And you highlight that other thing. And what you're highlighting is the weakest part of your opponent's arguments. You're ignoring the strongest parts to try and highlight or amp up attention to the, the weakest parts. Uh, and then even though you might, have a, might not have a good response to the rest of their argument, you think you've disproven it because you hold up this like really weak, unimportant detail and say, what about this thing? Um, the straw man tactic is essentially uh, a way of taking the tiniest, most irrelevant bit of a, of a person's position and then treating it as if it represented the other, the person's entire position, even though that little bit is not really representative of that person's entire position. And I see this happen all the time with politicians. Um, like the right now, Congress was debating the $15 federal minimum wage in the U.S. And uh, like all sorts of emotional arguments about whether that's a good idea or not. And so, you know, some politicians on the right will say, well, this one thing will bankrupt um, small businesses. <laughs> it's like a crazy, it's a crazy representation of the argument in favor of a $15 minimum wage. It's not, it's a, like a, an irrelevant little bit of information that they amp up to being, uh, therefore destroying the entire argument. So it really, it's a form of generalizing from one tiny aspect to a larger, broader position, but in a way that's definitely not representative of that position. Oversimplifying an argument obviously makes it easier to attack. It removes any nuance. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it makes things um, overly simple on purpose. Um, okay, so uh, we also over-exaggerate lines of reasoning to the point of absurdity. That's another form of straw man, and that makes those things easier to refute. So, you know, someone would be calling, um, an example would be someone calling a politician who's not opposed to immigration, therefore in favor of open borders with no restrictions on who can enter the country. This is what Donald Trump does all the time. Well, so-and-so is for totally open borders, no restrictions whatsoever. Uh, that's a blatant over-exaggeration and it's a straw man argument. No one holds that view and no one uh, could possibly defend that view. No one would want to defend that view, but Trump kind of makes the, the left or the Democratic Party kind of hold that view, even though they don't. Straw man arguments that respond to irrelevant points uh, also sometimes have ad hominem components to them. You know, your um, wind turbines are ugly, therefore we can't use them to generate energy. Okay, you know, so what? <laughs> like, it's an, that's not really an ad hominem argument, but it's an example of like attacking some characteristic of a thing and calling it a name. Um, so that's another example of, of a straw man argument. There are also what's called hollow man arguments. They're similar to straw man. And the difference is that the weak case is attributed to a non-existent group of people. 
So someone will fabricate a viewpoint that's easy to refute, then claim it was made by a group they disagree with. And you argue against an opponent that doesn't even exist and, and is a pretty easy way to win in debate, right? Like people who use hollow man arguments often favor vague, non-specific language without explicitly giving any sources or stating who their opponent is. Well, they say so-and-so, um, Trump does this all the time. Also, hollow man arguments come into a debate because they're a lazy way of making a strong point without anyone risking uh, refuting you or needing to be accountable for the actual strength of the reasoning. Uh, speakers commit a hollow man when they respond critically to arguments that nobody on the opposing side has ever made. So it's, uh, I mean, Trump does this all the time, essentially. Um, okay, why are these harmful? Why are bad, uh, why are these straw man and hollow man arguments harmful? I would say it's about um, helping someone with an incorrect, so no, let me say it like this. The way we tend to engage in debate contradicts what our supposed intention of the debate is. So if you're arguing with someone, supposedly on the surface, you want to persuade them to your view or change their mind so that they adopt your view. But if we choose to engage in the debate with straw man or hollow man arguments, we have no chance of persuasion because people that use straw man or hollow man arguments are really debating because we want to prove ourselves right and our opponent wrong. Our interest isn't in the process of persuasion. It's not even in, in, in the truth of the matter. We just want to feel secure in our rightness. We don't even consider the possibility that our opponent might be right and that we might learn something from them, but we don't even consider the possibility that we, I could actually change their mind because straw man and hollow man arguments are made by people who are deeply insecure about the position they're advocating and they emotionally need some sort of sense of security for that position in order to feel okay about the position they're, they're advancing. You know, so it's almost like we're, we're trying to prove to ourselves that we're smart enough to hold the position we're holding. And we get a shot of adrenaline and a, a kind of shot of good feeling when we're fighting with someone else and we kind of score a point against their argument. Well, it's easier to score points against hollow man and straw man arguments. It's no surprise that we get this kind of shot of adrenaline and we feel more secure in our position if um, conceptually we think of the, the, uh, our opponent's position in its weakest possible form. Okay, so the most powerful way to avoid using straw man or hollow man arguments and to actually persuade someone instead of just trying to make yourself feel better um, is to follow what, what some philosophers call the principle of charity and to argue against the strongest and most persuasive version of another person's position. This is called uh, the, tech, the steel man technique. Um, in that case, we kind of suspend our disbelief and ignore our own opinions for long enough to understand where the other side is coming from. And we recognize the good sides of the other case and we play to or argue with the strengths of that other side. We might ask questions to clarify things you don't understand. You might be curious about another person's perspective, etc. Uh, so the philosopher named Daniel Dennett 
gave us these general guidelines for using the principle of charity um, and kind of constructing Steelman arguments. The first, uh, the, the first guideline is you should attempt to re-express your targets, your opponent's position so clearly, so vividly, and so fairly that your opponent says, thanks, I wish I thought of putting it that way. So if in the course, if you're sitting at dinner and arguing with your two teenage sons uh, or your crazy uncle at Thanksgiving, you want to re-articulate and re-express or mirror back or reflect back to that person the clearest, most vivid, most fair articulation of their position so that they say, yeah, thanks. That's exactly what how I wish I could have put it. Then second, you should list any points of agreement, especially if there are not matters that are too general or like we all believe humans matter. You know, point out or list any areas of that position that you agree with. Third, you then mention anything you've learned from that your opponent's argument. So you can say, I didn't know, um, let's say your, your opponent is for a huge tax cut. Well, I didn't know the tax rate was, the corporate tax rate was 35% in this state. That does seem quite, I didn't know the corporate tax rate in America was the same as it is in England. I don't know what that means is true. So you express your, your opponent's position clearly and vividly and fairly. Then you list the points of agreement. Then you say, I've learned this from, from this interaction. Once you've done those three things, then you, um, you articulate your criticism of the position. And you try to articulate that criticism in response to the clear, vivid, fair um, representation of that position that you gave. An argument that's the strongest version of an opponent's view or your, your interlocutor's view, that's the steel man. It's, perfectly const it's purposefully constructed to be as difficult as possible to critique. And the idea is that we can only say we've won a debate or we've made a convincing case for our side when we fought with or argued with a steel man and not a straw man. Seeing as we're biased towards tackling weaker versions of an argument, oftentimes without realizing it, we kind of only construct straw men uh, because we're insecure in, in like an argument. Remember, an argument is a fight. It's like a dangerous situation and you want to feel some sense of security in that fight. So you latch on to the straw man because it allows you to feel that security. But really, it doesn't advance your position very effectively. The Instead, um, you can't, you shouldn't be saying you understand an opponent's position unless um, you would be able to argue in favor of it so well that someone else that's a neutral party wouldn't be able to tell which opinion you actually hold. So that's another way of saying, you know, philosophers would say we shouldn't hold opinions we can't argue against. Um, and I, I think that's um, a powerful, powerful position. So uh, why does steel manning work? Uh, why does the steel man technique work? So the first thing you demonstrate is something we've been talking a lot about on this podcast is that you understand the other person's position. You demonstrate that you have a shared understanding of what that position is. And then your counter-objection is at a deeper level, not a more shallow level than the other person's position. You effectively say, I understand what you think and why, but I want you to think further than where you are. And that approach allows the other person to save face and to not have to backtrack their thinking, 
which they don't want to do. No one wants to do in a course of an argument. At no point are you proving the other person wrong. They just arrive at your verdict by extending the conversation in more intricate and complex ways. Um, you'll get nowhere trying to straw man your, your opponent's view because your opponent was just going to say, well, you don't understand me. Uh, straw manning only works by misrepresenting your opponent or interlocutor so that they have the out of saying, you don't understand me. Um, so if there are objections and there are um, criticisms and minds do get changed in the course of the argument, they're going to be at uh, a more complex, deeper level because you'll have pushed the conversation further in more interesting, interesting ways. So that's really kind of what I want to get around to here at the end of this of this episode. What happens when you employ straw man and hollow man arguments or the straw man or hollow man technique is the conversation devolves and it tends to devolve into name calling and stupidity and nothing good comes from a conversation in which you employ a hollow man or a straw man. You never persuade the other side. And generally what happens is that the conversation devolves into name calling. Um, and so this is everywhere in politics. It's literally everywhere right now. I would say all political discourse in this moment in time involves straw man and hollow man arguments. Like even this debate about masks and lockdowns, like, oh, we should, you know, Texas is stopping, is um, reversing their mask mandate. So no one has to wear a mask and every all, all, all uh, businesses are open. So you can't, you know, the liberals want to take away all of your freedoms. Like, no, no one wants to take away anybody's freedoms. It's a straw man argument. So as soon as a conservative accuses a liberal of wanting to take away all of their all their freedoms, of course, that's an oversimplification and a mischaracterization of the, of the position in favor of wearing masks. So what do you think is going to happen to the conversation? It's going to devolve from there into liberals are idiots, conservatives are dumb, are, are morons. Um, and you, you get this back and forth. And I see it on Twitter every morning. It's like... Um, a professor in uh, teaches at my university is likes to call other people names for opposing lockdowns and and mask wearing so like he just you know calls the governor of texas an idiot now is the governor of texas an idiot or not i don't know i don't know him i've never talked to him um but you see what happens to the conversation when we engage in straw man arguments so the question is can we engage in steel man arguments instead uh so can you represent the position uh, that's, you know, we should, we should suspend mask wearing in public and reopen businesses fully. What's the best argument for that position? And can you represent that argument? You can represent it and still disagree with it, of course. But if you represent it in a way that the other side, the side advancing that argument says, you know what? Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. That is my, my position. The conversation won't devolve into the kind of name calling where the governor of Texas is an idiot but will advance or move to a more complex and deeper level whereby your objections can be more directly uh, made to the substance of that argument. It's only when the conversation has advanced and both, um, I'm, I'm suggesting there's only two sides to this and there doesn't need to be just two sides, but when both sides acknowledge that they understand one another's position 
that there are, are points in one another's position that they agree with and that they've learned something from one another. When all that has been established, the conversation doesn't or isn't a, a one of name calling and accusation, etc., but is now able to move to a more complex and nuanced level. And that's the space in which rational persuasion happens. If you want to actually convince someone through argument, you need to advance the conversation to that space. So the steel man technique allows you to get to that space where there's mutual understanding, um, there's a kind of shared respect and acknowledgement and face saving and no name calling, the conversation hasn't devolved, et cetera. And now you can push to deeper levels of criticism and reasoning together with your, with your interlocutor. And that's where rational persuasion starts to happen. That's where people start to rethink their positions and, and change their minds, even if they're only changing their minds a little bit. So use the steel man technique, not the straw man technique or the hollow man technique to get conversations to that position where there's, where there's rethinking. Uh, I'm probably going to do it tomorrow night when I sit down with my kids to dinner who will inevitably want to argue and fight with me about something. I will try to represent back to them their position in as clear and convincing and compelling in terms as I can and then identify what I agree with and what I learned from that position before I attempt to, to critique it. Okay, so um, that's it for, for today's episodes. Use episode, use the steel man technique. Uh, you'll find it is very effective for advancing conversations. Thanks everyone for listening.